What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin. Here with my co-host, Noah, coming at you live Wednesday night. Noah, talk to me, baby. How we feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. The Pacers got a dub over the Timberwolves tonight in OT. Um, it was a pretty scary game. A lot of guys had had a lot of big buckets, but, uh, you know, we came through in the clutch. Hey, stiff competition, too. I understand that the Timberwolves have amassed a total of seven wins, so you walk in there without their all-star point guard. You know, you're expecting OT, you know? You, you really got to dig deep against the bottom of the barrel against the NBA. You know, I get it. I get it. It's It's tough. Yeah, you know? You know, some nights you think you're just going to blow a team out, and blowouts are hard in the NBA to come by, honestly. Every game seems like a close one when you're not one of the elite, elite teams. Yeah. Yeah, no, people forget that if you're not the Lakers, you're not winning games by 15 all that often. It's not a... Not happening, especially, you know, Ricky Rubio, credit to the old man, kind of went off tonight. I mean, we're talking about... A guy who's been in the league for a minute, people have kind of considered him to be a little bit washed, been a backup point guard, and he posted a nice little stat line. 13 assists and 20 points. I have to assume that 20 points is the most Ricky Rubio has scored in a game in two years. Definitely definitely a, a season high for him, but hats off. I'll give your Pacers the OT win. Sabonis with a sexy triple-double. I mean, hats off. That's all I got to say. Yeah, the Timberwolves uh, didn't have D'Lo tonight. He got hurt. Um, he's probably going to be out like four to six weeks. So Anthony Edward got to play a lot of minutes. Uh, he played 39 minutes tonight. And he really didn't have that good of a game. He had 8-5-4 on three for 15 from the field. But the That's Timberwolves tough. actually had a chance to um, to win the game at the end of the game. And they gave the last shot to Anthony Edwards, even after he's 0 from 4 for 3 from the night. And I thought that was really smart by them, honestly. Um, while D'Lo's out, I don't see any reason why you aren't handing the keys over to Anthony Edwards to really see what he can do. Yeah, when you say really smart, not in the context of trying to win this isolated oh, no. game. We, really we know they don't the want to win games. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. Um, I think you give the shot to Malik Beasley, honestly, if you're trying to win the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you got to develop your guys. And if your first round pick, the number one pick at that, you, you want to give him the shot. You want to let him develop, see what he's all about, because he's a young kid. He's a young kid. So why not let him take the, the shot at the end of regulation, despite being three of 14 from the field at the time? I like it. I mean, I know you especially like it because it let the Pacers win. But, yeah. Um, hats off. Good stuff. What's up with Miles Turner? I mean, other than blocks, he is... He, he, he boggles my mind a little bit. He has a bunch of games where he just does not really score. Yeah. What's his preferred method of scoring? Like, how does... When he goes off for, like, like 20 which doesn't happen all that often, but it, it happens. Like, what is he doing? Um, It'll be like three-pointers. Three-pointers is where he finds the majority of his um, shot production at because, let's be honest, his offensive game isn't that good, really. He's um mm-hmm. he's a he's a decent three-point shooter. Like, he's good enough to make them when he's open. 
But when you have a guy as good as Sabonis on the interior, like, do you really want another mm. seven-footer clogging up the inside? No. Nah. So it's definitely not. I don't know if it's what he wants to do. I don't know where he sees himself as, like, identity-wise as an offensive player. But mm. he's sneaky off the dribble. Like, his handles are low-key good. And I think his playmaking is actually pretty decent, too. But sometimes I just think he can't shine on the Pacers because he simply doesn't have the ball in his hands enough when it's in Sabonis and then in Brogdon's hands. But yeah, he's inconsistent. Yeah. So there's no reason we should be giving him a bunch of shots tonight. And honestly, sometimes he plays himself out of the lineup. Like tonight to end the game, we ran Aaron Holiday, TJ McConnell, Jeremy Lamb, Brogdon, and Sabonis. So it's just yeah, interesting. I didn't. Do you know McConnell? Despite coming off the bench, is top twenty in the league in assists right now. Yeah, he's an absolute monster. Yeah, dude. I I mean, I know this isn't a fantasy episode, but I'm starting to think that in a categories league, TJ McConnell, it should be owned in every single league. And the way he's playing right now, I 100 percent agree with that statement. Yeah, the, the, yeah, which. He's averaging 1.8 uh, steals a game, too. That's huge. And he's not going to hurt you. I mean, his field goal percentage is like 50%. Free throw percentage is 33% because I think that's taken. He's taken like 10 free throws, so throw yeah. that out the window. But, yeah, man, I don't know. You, you got a nice little gem there. And I think he, he he's a guy that loves the Pacers, too, right? Yeah, he seems like the like perfect kind of pacer guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And he seems like a guy who would be like content with living in Indiana, you know, since we both lived yeah. in Indiana at some point in our lives. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, he's I'm from really, Pittsburgh. I'm really hoping we resign. Pittsburgh's basically him. Indiana. It's just bigger like Indiana. Big, yeah. yeah, it's like big, big Deanna. Um, all right. Well, let's give my Bulls a shout out. Um, talking about bottom of the barrel wins. We beat the Pistons tonight. Uh, late game heroics from Patrick Williams. Give us the tiebreaker three and then some nice free throws in the veins of Levine and Kobe to seal it. Zach Levine, I mean, solidifying the all-star case, man. 37-5-5, from the field. I mean, I don't know what else you can ask for other than three, three steals on top of all that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I I don't know what else you do to solidify an all-star case, but we'll get to that because we are going to go through our all-star fringe picks. You know, we've already discussed who we think is, is going to be a lock for the all-star game, right? We, we did that a couple of weeks ago, but now it's really filling out the rest of the all-star roster that becomes the tough part, right? Yeah. So... So we'll keep that on deck. Let's get into a little bit of trade talk because some big stuff happened this week. Andre Drummond is no longer going to be playing in any games for the Cavs, though he is still on the roster and is sitting on the bench. Um, He has been informed that the Cavs are going to be trading him before the deadline. And Blake Griffin is in basically the exact same circumstance Pistons and Blake Griffin have agreed that Blake will no longer be playing any games for the Pistons as they look to either trade him or just buy his contract out entirely. Let's start with Drummond. How do you feel about the situation? 
um, I think it's a smart move on Cleveland's part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like they have Jared Allen. Why not let him develop with this um, young core of players they have right now instead of just letting Andre Drummond sit on the court mm-hmm. and soak up points and rebounds? Um, for Andre Drummond, yeah. I think it's good too. Um, I think he's like he's in the prime of his career. I would probably say. Um, I think he'll have a shorter yeah. career. Um, in terms of length, just because of his play style. Yeah, so I think he needs to go to too. a team that wants to win right now. And he's also um, a free agent this offseason, which plays a little role into it. So a team could be looking to trade for him just to, um, you know, like push for this season and then also yeah, have the flexibility of that cap in the offseason. So yeah. I think that adds another dimension of teams who might be open to trade for him. Yeah. And I think Absolutely. I think he can help a team right now, a struggle like a team who may have had lower expectations so far this year than they thought they were. Um, yeah. He could come in I mean, and like change a team. I've always said this about Andre Drummond: there's not a team in the league that doesn't need a guy that career averages 14 rebounds a game. There's not a single team you you can't tell me that in some capacity would love to have somebody like Andre Drummond. He's shooting a career-low field goal percentage this year, but he's also shooting a career-high field goal attempts. Just given his role on the Cavs, he's been allowed to shoot a little bit more. But career-wise, he's a 54% guy from the field. You know, he's he's not hurting you offensively and has no problem at all taking a step back and not being a primary scorer, even a, a tertiary scorer at that. You know, he can sit back, gobble up the boards, play some phenomenal defense. Um, yeah, I, I you know that you're renting him. I think that is a part of why he hasn't been traded yet. I think if there was a contender that knew that they could have him for a year and a half or even two, two and a half years, you know, all that, I think he would have already been traded. I think the capital would have would have moved for him. So I think it's just teams trying to gauge where they're at for this exact season to see if they can realistically make the push. So I'll jump into it. I see two teams, maybe three, really at the top of my list for where I think Andre Drummond should go. And these these teams might not necessarily have the capital to get him, but I think these are the teams that need him most. Uh, the very top of the list, I think it it has to be the Raptors. With their current inside presence being next to nothing, we've seen them make the deep run. You know, They're two years off the title. Obviously, they're missing Kawhi, but they lost Mark Gasol. I think that with the way Van Fleet's playing, Siakam being an all-star, Kyle Lowry obviously being a perennial all-star for the better half of the decade the the talents there you get a guy like Drummond there the defense picks up I just I I see that really catapulting them back into the conversation with the Eastern Conference dominant teams and I believe that they have the salary to do it I I actually have one problem with the trade um, I really like the thought of Drummond on the team, but the way the Raptors are set up to trade for Andre Drummond, you would basically have to give up Norman Powell to match the money, right? 
And right. Because let are you and you're fine with trading Norman Powell for half a season of Andre Drummond? I think so. I think yeah. Ah, Norman Powell's been on a bit of a heater. I do understand that. But yeah, I think that I think that what Norman Powell brings to the table is not nearly as important as what Drummond brings to the table. I agree. I think that I think that Norman Powell's shots can be distributed quite easily back among Van Vliet, Siakam, Lowry, and obviously Drummond is going to get his shots on the inside. So, no, I don't think that Powell is the answer. I mean, I think he's a nice piece to have for the long term, but... Uh, what what is Powell's contract right now? I guess that's really where we got to go with this. If you're gonna match the money, how much longer do you have Norman Powell for versus Drummond for half a season? Because I I truly think that Drummond for half a season puts you back into the the conversation. It definitely gets you to where the it gets you to the point where I think that you should be at at least the semifinals, and then from there you see what happens. You know. But eh, I, I guess the East is a little bit more stacked now with the Nets. So, you know, do you do you think that Drummond on the Raptors makes them better than the Celtics? I I think I, a, li- a lineup really of conversation, a lineup of Lowry, Van Vliet, Siakam, OG, and Drummond this sounds a lot. Been. That sounds really scary to me, honestly. That sounds like a team that can guard the Seventy Sixers. That can guard the Celtics, that can handle the Bucks. I mean, Pascal and um, OG are two of like some yeah. of the guys that are probably on the short list of guys who can like somewhat guard Giannis. So yeah. I do think that it gives them a chance at least. Um, we would have to see that team play up against the Nets because you know the Nets don't care about how good your defense is. Um, they're no. just going to put you in shootouts. So it would be difficult, I think, for them to beat the Nets. But I think that's a move. That's like a power move in the East. You're saying yeah, something with that trade. Absolutely. And I think the Raptors are in a bit of a win-now mode. They are. I mean, I, I, like Van Vliet and Siakam are still young enough. Lowry is definitely on the tail end of his career. That's nothing new. But they're built to win right now, you know, just given where all the contracts are and the money is at. So I say go for it. And then... The other thing that you always got to consider is when you do these kind of trades, it at least puts you high on the short list of Drummond's teams to actually sign with then Mm -hmm. because he's played with the team. He knows what the culture's like. If it's something he enjoys and the Raptors do well with him, the odds of him coming back are so much greater. Now, what kind of money does Drummond garner in the offseason? I have no idea. You know, that's a big question mark, but that's not really what this is about. This is... The Raptors making a move to win now. Alrighty. That that is probably my number one team. My number two team, I think, is probably different than your number two team. But I think the Dallas Mavericks have to change something up if they want to win. And maybe he doesn't come now because they really don't have the capital to make this kind of trade. But they clearly need a third piece because right now it's pretty much just Luka and KP and whoever they can find to fill minutes. 
do you agree with that, or do you think that the the Mavs have pieces that I'm overlooking? I know people like Jason Richardson. I think Tim Hardaway is just a vacuum for minutes in putting the ball in the air. That's how I see that team. Um, yeah, but I don't think um I think a package that gets traded for Andre Drummond um won't be as good as you think it has to be to get Andre mm-hmm. Drummond. Because I think the Cavs are looking for draft picks and ways to clear cap yeah. salary. And mm-hmm. um, the trade I came up with the Mavs actually kind of handles that for both teams. So the trade I have is it would take Dwight Powell, who makes around $11.5 million a year. James Johnson, okay. who makes around $14 million a year. So you match the salary already. Mm-hmm. And then it would just take some picks. And it depends what kind of picks um, other teams are offering the Cavs. But I think it could be done with like... Um, a first and a second. Um, I don't think the Mavs should be honestly that afraid to lose a first-round no. pick because Drummond is a win-now piece for them. Um, their offense is lacking. Their defense is lacking. Yeah. And they're actually 27th in the league in total rebound percentage. And since um, since Stapps has come back, they've been 29th in rebound percentage. Oh, my God. So they That's instantly need a boost to that. They need a guy that can go mm-hmm. out there and grab 14 rebounds every night. Um, I think he provides Luca with a pretty reliable lob target, and he would feast on the yeah. boards. And then, absolutely. So if he I doesn't come it... back, the Mavs save twenty-one million off of from Andre Drummond, and they also mm. clear eleven million from Dwight Powell's contract. So they'll have thirty-one million dollars in cap space. Get to go out, and if they want to sign Drummond again, go for it. Next. Next, like this upcoming off season is pretty crappy in terms of who's available, um, unless Kawhi decides to opt out, which I don't think he's gonna do. I don't really see why he would, unless he just wants to re-sign with a different type of contract with the Clippers. I don't see him changing teams though. But other than that, there's not a ton of free agents, so that does mean that Drummond's probably gonna get overpaid somewhere. So we'll see if the Mavs do that. Um, you know the third team I have is the Blazers. Do you have any other teams higher than the teams we've already discussed? Yeah, uh, my my right, one it. and two were the Mavs and the Raptors, and my okay. third team is actually um the Charlotte Hornets. Um, oh, that's right. Already, let's go into this one because I like this. So the trade I have for this, um, it would take Cody Zeller, it would take Bismack Biombo, and it would take Malik Monk to match the salary. And then mm-hmm. maybe a pick. Um, I don't know. But I think from the Hornets' moves and how they've played so far this season, um, they're going to push for the playoffs. And I think mm-hmm. adding Drummond to that team would almost make them a playoff lock, like at a playoff or a playing minimum team at the very yeah. least. Mm-hmm. And Zeller and Biombo are actually both free agents this offseason. So I don't see a reason why the Cavs wouldn't want this as they get two players off their salary books and why the Hornets wouldn't yeah. want to try this. Because Zeller and Biombo are both free agents this offseason, anyways. And I think Monk is actually kind of a positive for the Cavs, you know? Like they have no mm-hmm. reason not to play him and give him a chance. So yeah, I really yeah. like I really like the Hornets as like a dark horse to get Drummond. I like that too, because I think the Cavs like that, because if the Hornets are willing to part with a first round pick, that's definitely the best value the Cavs are gonna get. I mean I, I don't know, because there, there's a chance the Hornets fall out of the playoffs, but even so, even if they make it, they're going to be the 15th pick. Just, it'd be they, it'd be they, it'd be they, they fall up to the 16th, but they're going to be a mid-teens pick, 
which still has some decent value, definitely way more value than a Mavs pick that's going to f- be at 22-25, depending on where they end up finishing. Obviously, the Mavs are actually out of the playoff picture right now, but we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I like the Hornets. I think you would have to sign him long-term, because otherwise, why would you want to give up the draft pick? Because you're not actually doing it. You, there's no way you do anything in the playoffs with Drummond to the point where it would be worth it to rent him for half a season. I guess that that's my only yeah. stipulation is if they know they're going to trade for him, I think they need some guarantee from him that he would like to continue to play there. I could see but him being. That, I, I like could see Charlotte. I could see him playing in Charlotte. Honestly, like that seems like a team that I could see Andre Drummond on. Yeah, I mean the Hornets are doing something. There's and then no they just about it. This they would is... just be banking on Lamelo Ball developing like very rapidly. Mm-hmm. And they Which have a pretty I... decent squad. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Rozier has been honestly a phenomenal pickup for them. I think a lot of people shout on it because. Isaiah Thomas came out of the Celtics system the year before and just crashed and burned with the Cavs. And there was definitely the stigma that Brad Stevens makes the players. The players don't make themselves. And so I think a lot of people thought the same about Terry. And last season, he wasn't phenomenal by any means, but definitely still a worthy starting point guard. Um no doubt about that. And then now he's he's playing even better on a team that has more people that you'd think would want to be shooting. So his his shots gone up. He he's taking point three more attempts a game, but he's scoring two and a half more points a game. I think that speaks volumes as to what he's been able to do. So I like the Hornets there. Already, uh, yeah, I just want to wrap up with the the Trailblazers. Obviously, they got Nurkic coming back, but I think they could use a true center. I don't know. The Blazers are just such an enigma to me because they could do something, but they just never seem good enough to actually make it past the Western Conference elite. So I don't know if Drummond does that for you. I don't really know what you need to get past those other teams, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, because they just don't really seem to be able to do it. Um. Yeah, yeah. Any any final thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think the Blazers are just stuck in this um loop of you know Dame can take us only this far, you know, by himself. Yeah, and they don't really have the financials to be like, like to make the team better. They'd have to blow mm-hmm. up the team they have right now. And do you have that time to yeah. wait? Does Dame want to wait? Yeah. You know, it's just like. It's just almost better just winning, going to the playoffs, and seeing how far Dane can get you every year, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and CJ before the injury was playing like an all-star, so. He would have been a for sure all-star if he didn't get hurt, which is really sad. No, it is, because he deserved it, and he's a guy that, he's he's still one of those guys that blows my mind that he's never made an all-star game. Yeah. Um, With how consistent he's been over the last almost, like, decade. Right? He's put up 20 a game for like seven years. That's so impressive. The, that, he's going like, to get lost like, in NBA history, honestly. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Yeah. Without getting too far off the rails, like, I think I've said it before, but like one of my least favorite things is when people are like, oh, there's just like, like the league's just so much better today. Like, there's just so many more like superstars. And it's like, no, you just know who like the superstars and the all stars are now because you're paying attention. Like, like if I said like the name Kevin Johnson, to a random NBA fan, do you like 
Like uh, like a person that's been watching the league for like ten years. Do you think they know who Kevin Johnson is? No. No, but he's a three-time All Star and considered to be like, uh, not not an all-time point guard per se, but like a pretty legendary point guard in the history of the Phoenix Suns. Three-time All Star, just a phenomenal player. Like like he had a season. He didn't make the All Star game. He put up twenty and a half points, twelve point two assists, two steals a game. Like wow. that's insane. That's insane. Like that's a stat line that we'd be going nuts over right now. But you like people just don't know who he is. So like that's just it, to me like an example of you know you actually have to like delve into the air and like understand that you know Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, and Hakeem Olajuwon weren't weren't the only superstars. You know. All right, tangent over. Blake Griffin. He's a player that will no longer be playing for the Pistons. Is there any reason that if you're a contender right now, you should trade for Blake Griffin? Um, so I really gave this thought to um, what teams would want to trade for Blake Griffin. Um, and I, I really came to the conclusion that I don't think he's going to get traded. Um, I don't think any team's wanting to give up assets right now for Blake Griffin, um, like players' picks. So I think he's yeah. getting bought out. Um, I think the Pistons want to do him right. And I think they will do their hardest to um, try and find a trade at first, but I think the well's probably going to come up pretty dry. So I think they're going to buy him out. And I think that that gets really interesting um, because, you know, he has the his pick of what teams he wants to go to. And I think a lot of teams could would want Blake Griffin right now um, without having to trade for him. Pay him, yeah. Yeah, I mean... He's just at such a weird point in his career because even two seasons ago, he was an all-star with the Pistons. He was putting up 25 a game, getting five and a half assists, seven and a half boards. I mean, we're talking about a, a, a very solid stat line, and he's just deteriorated. I mean, he cannot play above the rim anymore. He's more or less a, a shitty three-point shooter. Um, he had the one season... You know, the All-Star season, he shot 36%. Last year, in limited games, he shot 24%. This season, he's shooting 32%. So is he really a three-point shooter? I don't know. He's a guy with a high basketball IQ. We've seen what he can do. He understands the work ethic that it takes to win. Um, yeah, it's just an interesting one for me. If I'm a team like the Nuggets, I think I like a Blake Griffin. If I'm a team, albeit, I, I don't know exactly how this works, but the Clippers? Mm, I, actually, um, I, I actually like the other think, LA team more. You like the Lakers better? Yeah. Just, just for him or for the Lakers? Um. I think for I think for the Lakers because of the in, they're going to be real careful with Anthony Davis, you know. True, 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 true. Because he's out four to six weeks. Um, like, yeah, around like two to four, two to six, maybe. But they're going to be really okay. careful with him yeah, too, but, you know. And and they should be. I mean, they they should make sure that he can lift five hundred pounds and 
run a marathon before he comes back because you're going to make the playoffs, you know. Stupid to to rush anybody like that back. And I know yeah. how badly these guys want to come back. Yeah, I could see that. I just, I don't know. I I say the Clippers just because I feel like they they need half a piece more just to get them over the hump. And maybe they have everything they need right now and we're just not seeing it. But it does feel like they kind of missed out last off season. They just didn't really do anything to add to the team. And they mm-hmm. lost Harold. Yeah. So maybe Blake Griffin isn't actually the piece they need. I just feel like they need somebody else. So that's why I say Blake. But obviously his history with the Clippers is is interesting to say the very least. Um, he'll go down as a Clipper legend. But yeah, like like who else do you have on your short list of teams that if Blake Griffin gets bought out, would be calling his phone. Um, I think the Celtics come to mind um, if he gets bought out. Um, I don't okay. think they would ever trade for him because it would basically cost Marcus Smart to get him, which it would, would never do. No, but yeah. I think the Celtics, you know, they need just like what the other teams in the East are trying to do. You know, they they need that next final piece just to add to their team for this year, you know, to like give them that edge over the other teams. And I think Blake Griffin would come in and help them. Um, I don't think he would hurt them that much. I think he adds a new dimension to their offense that they're kind of lacking right now. And on any given night, you could have four different guys what go for 20 points if everything's going smoothly. And I think Thompson's still there to get rebounds. So you don't really have to worry about playing um, Blake Griffin at the five at any time because you always have have Tice or um, Thompson in. And I think the Celtics mm-hmm. are just a little bare on the bench, honestly. I think they could really use a guy like Blake Griffin right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Alrighty. I think that's good Blake Griffin talk. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up going. Because, yeah, I, I think like we've said, it, it seems as though he's going to get bought out. And that's the path that's the best thing for him, honestly. I want him to be successful. I want to see him go win. So, good luck to Blake, if you're listening. Alrighty, Noah. I know we're a little bit crunched on time, as always happens to us. We like to talk, but let's do our little bit of segment of all-stars that we think... Uh, how do you want to phrase it? You, you frame the conversation for the, for the listener out there. Um, so, to keep the conversation better... I think me and Colin are going to go through um, – I think we're going to go through what guys we think are locks. So this is going to include the five starters and then whatever um, co- uh, whatever other couple guys me and Colin think are locks. And then we're going to fill in the rest of the roster with the probable guys that we think are going to make the team. And then we'll go into the snubs because there's going to be a lot of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't mean, think it's that fun to talk about the locks, you know? So we'll just be talking about how good KD and Giannis have been, you know? Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, like, I'm just going to say it right now. Like, the West starters are going to be Lucas, Steph, LeBron, Kawhi, and Jokic. Like, I don't – I think if you would disagree with me, I think that you don't pay attention to basketball. Yeah, the West has, like, eight locks in my eyes, honestly. So, like, only four yeah. guys to pick from out of that gigantic player pool. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then I think in the East, you know that Giannis, KD, and Embiid are going to start. Like, there's no doubt in my mind about that. I have Harden as a lock for a starter. I mean, you look at the numbers he's putting up. He's on one of the best teams. You give it to me. Um, The second guard spot, though, is where it gets interesting for me. Do you want to start there? Yeah, so my locks up until this point are Embiid, Giannis, KD, and James Harden. Um, I think the next the next one spot, the net the last guard spot could be taken by Bradley Beal, Kyrie, or Jalen Brown in my mind. Because Jason Tatum's a forward. Wait, what about the other guy? Who? What about my guy? Who's that? Thad Young? He's a forward. <laughs> You're gonna leave Levine off? You don't you don't think there's a shot Levine starts? No. I think Brad Beal gets the last spot. Gets the last starting spot. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Fair enough. I can respect that. I mean, we've got the the league leader in scoring right now, putting up thirty three a game. I cannot disagree with that notion. Um to run to run it through you for me on the East, let's start with the East. I have Harden, Giannis, KD, Embiid as locks. And then the only other lock I have in the East is Sabonis. Everybody else, and and I'll give Beal a lock. Beal Beal should be a lock. Um, Everybody else, I can see a case as to where they're not making the All-Star game. Um, Kyrie is basically a lock, but... I could understand why somebody would leave him off in all-star list because there's so many God, the East is just stacked with like the, the borderline like all-star potential. And there's a lot of old talent in the East too, that is putting up numbers, but maybe they're just empty stats. So it's so tough for me. The East was way tougher for the West than the West. But I think you have to have Zach Levine in the conversation for an East starting spot. I mean, we're talking about a guy who has basically carried the Bulls to almost every single win they have this year. He has put up at least 12 games this year where he's put up over 30 points. He's top 10 in the league in scoring. He's got a career high in assists and rebounds. He's putting up 28, 5 and 5 with a steal a game. His efficiency is really what kills me. His ef- effective field goal percentage this year is 61%. That's insane. That's insane. He's shooting 43% from 3, 58% from 2. Ah, like it's just, those are nutty numbers to me and really tough for me to leave off. I can definitely understand if he's not the starter. I won't be bothered by that at all because there's so many guys who are deserving. But I I just need to be on the goddamn record saying that Zach Levine deserves to be in the All-Star game. Okay. Uh, Can I make the case for Jalen Brown over Zach Levine right now? For the for the starter or to make the team at all? No, to make the team. Okay, can we just can we back it up just a quick second? So, 
in total do so, so you have two guards that are going to start and then you have three on the bench or four on the bench let me just say my list right now okay so go. my locks Embiid, Giannis, mm-hmm. KD, Jalen Brown's a lock in my eyes um Jason Tatum's a lock in my eyes Kyrie's a lock Brad Beal's a lock and Harden's a lock that's eight guys um my probable guys are Chris Middleton, Trey Young, Zach Levine, um, Sabonis, and that's it. I don't think they like care about like for the reserves. They don't care about like taking um, like a certain amount of any position. You know. I thought they usually did try to to keep it at least somewhat even. Well, if you These did it that way, you would have four forwards, six guards, two centers. On my list. Like, I don't think they're taking right. three centers. No, they're not going to take three. I don't think three centers deserve to make it necessarily. I mean, alrighty. So, I'll, we'll, we'll go with the guards to start. So, yeah, I have Harden as a lock. I have Beal as a lock. I might as well pencil Kyrie as, in as a lock because there's no way he doesn't make it. You know, he's a household name. Everybody's going to vote for him. Like, he, he will be there. Totally fine with that. Carry another one. His effective field goal percentage this year is off the charts as well at 61%. So, and that's third fiddle. So, I mean, do what you will with that. So, my guards, I think we have the same guards. It's Harden, Levine, Brown, Beal, Kyrie, and then I have Trey Young making it. Um, And Trey Young is on... Well, and, and so I have Ben Simmons making it too. And those are the two that I struggled with the most in terms of, of putting them on or not. Simmons is just always such a weird one. I mean, he's putting up 15, 8, and 8 on the best team in the East. You know, like how much of it, how much of Simmons' brand name versus what he's doing on the court? Like that's what um, always gets me. Yeah, Simmons is really good. And I don't think enough people um, actually know that. Um, I think they just kind of meme on him, you know, for not having a jump shot. But he has yeah, elite level, his elite trash. level playmaking, like LeBron type level playmaking vision. Mm-hmm. That like is something you can't learn. You know, it's just something you have within you as a person. Uh-huh. Um, I he's a he's probably second in defensive player of the year um, votes right now in my eyes. It's Rudy and then him. Yeah. Um, he's one of the best defenders in the NBA. He's one of the rare guys that can actually guard Giannis. And, you know, the Sixers are cooking. They're at the top of the East right now. And I do think it it would be hard for them to not have two All-Stars with the way they've played so far and defied the expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how much, how much of that do you take into account when we're looking at a list like this? Just uh, team success. Because I think we, we talked about this. Like, it's it's tough for me... To justify, you know, Brad Beal obviously makes it. But Russell Westbrook is putting up 18, 9, and 9 this year. And I don't have him anywhere near an all-star list because the Wizards are trash. So, like, what's the line for you where you're a good player putting up empty stats versus you're putting up stats, you know, albeit nothing jumping off the sheet but you're on one of the premier teams and you're one of the best players on the premier teams. I think if you were like comparing a guy like, um, let's go with like Tobias Harris, a guy who's having a really mm-hmm. good season on the best 
team in the East right now compared to yeah. um, a guy like Bradley Beal. I think Bradley Beal is only up there because I think there's a certain connotation that like people feel bad for him, and he's also leading the league in points scored per game. So I think the yeah. bump goes to him when he's like when you're leading the league in like a certain stat, but the mm-hmm. bump would go back to Tobias compared to like a guy like Jeremy Grant, you know, who may be putting up similar numbers yeah. to Tobias, but the Pistons are the worst team in the league right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll i give obligatory shout-out to Jeremy Grant. I have him on my snubs list because he's having a phenomenal season. I think he's going to be right there for most improved player, but you can't be on a team that's 8-20. It's just tough stuff. Um, alrighty, let's let's do forwards really quick, and then let's just do – we'll rattle off our lists. Uh, okay. For the East, that is. Okay. I got Julius um, Randle making it. Yeah, I have Chris Middleton making it. I feel like the Knicks are in the playoffs right now, like if the season ends today, and that is purely because of Julius Randle. You, you, they're not there without him. The Knicks have been a dog shit team for so long. Julius Randle's putting up... 23 points, 11 rebounds, 5.5 assists. That is an insane stat line. That is a man who deserves to be in the All-Star game. That is how I see it. Chris Middleton is second fiddle on a team where Giannis basically does everything. That's see, I think Chris Middleton, I think, I think people would give the bump to Chris Middleton here, though, because um, of his how many how good the Bucks are. Um, Chris Middleton, a guy who right now is averaging 26-6 and six on 50-40-90 shooting splits. And the Bucks are the second best team in the East right now. That's um, so, fair, but like you're carrying the team. I, go ahead, go ahead. I apologize. Yeah, I mean that's why he's in over my book, and I think that's why he's going to be in over other people like Randall. Fair enough. I like. I see it. I see it. I just in my list, like I would vote for a guy like Randall over a guy like Middleton. Alrighty, give me. Your 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 three four snubs who aren't gonna make it. Um. So Vucevic is right up there, and Vuce is yeah, kind of I a guy. Vuce is kind of a guy who I kind of treat him kind of like Bradley Beal. You know, like he puts up these insane mm-hmm. stat lines, but they're kind of empty. You know, the Magic suck. They're the fourth worst team in the Eastern Conference right now, and I think that like I think that tells something about. Maybe this guy shouldn't be getting this much usage, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I got Vooch on mine. I got Brogdon. I think yeah, Brogdon's having a phenomenal season. Not going to make it. I got Bam. I just I don't see a spot on this list for Bam right now. How do you yeah, feel that? I, I, I think Sabonis deserves to be in over Bam 100%. But I think Bam is like um, respected more within the NBA community, Sexier like name. the fans and the players. You know, like he's more fun. Nah, it's got to be Sabonis though. Sabonis just I re- I, I think it will be the stat line he's putting up. Uh, yeah, and then we could see both of them. I, I know, know, honestly. Yeah, we have. I don't know. Was I'm... Trey Young on your probable? Yeah. So the last spot for me either goes to Trey Young or Tatum. And I just flip back and forth between the two. Um, coming into this, I had Trey Young on my list. After you talking about Tatum, honestly, in my head, I thought Tatum missed more games than he actually did. 
Um, but you look at Trey Young's stat line, and it's like, how does this guy not make it? But yeah, the Hawks have really fallen on hard times. So I assume those stats are empty, but then I go, okay, if Trey Young's stats are empty, then are Levine's stats empty? And Levine's just riding the hype train. That very well could be true because Trey Young's second in the league in assists. Like, you can't pass that part up. So it's just, it goes back and forth, and I can really understand why any combination of those guys makes sense. Um,. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that I would snub Tatum. Nah, Tatum's the better player. I think I would have to go Tatum and snub Trey Young. As phenomenal as that stat line is, 25 points, 9 assists, um, it's, it's just tough titties on a team in which you're just not actually picking up wins. Final answer. Okay. I respect that. All right. So read me your whole East list. So Embiid, Giannis, KD, Jason, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kyrie, Bradley Beal, Harden, Sabonis, Middleton, Trey Young, Zach Levine. Okay. So I think my only differences are as I have Randall and Simmons. Okay. And for then, Middleton and, and um, uh, Trey. Yeah. You have Jason yeah, Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I just switched. All right, Should we get, get into get the, the West? West? Okay. Um, yeah, so, definitely a different conversation. Yeah. So in my eyes, Colin, there's eight locks. So yes. there's really only four spots up for discussion. But two of those spots in my eyes, Colin, go to the Utah Jazz. So there's really only two yeah. spots up in the West for me. Is that how you feel? Yeah, that's how I feel. So just to reiterate, we, we said the Western five. So then I see Dame as a lock. I see Anthony Davis as a lock. And personally, I see CP3 as a lock. He was not on my lock list, but he's, he's on my short list, list of the last two places. Okay, so give me your lock list then. So uh, I have discounting the guys that we said that are starting because we know. Who yeah. They are. So I have eight. I have Dame, Steph, Kawhi, LeBron, Luca, Jokic, Paul George, and Anthony Davis. Okay. Interesting. Uh, we can get into it. I don't have Paul George on my list. Well, how could you not have Paul George on your list? Because he's missed nine games. We're talking about a season in which there's been 27 games. You've missed a third of the games. In my mind, that could disqualify you. No way it will. From an all-star game. Because he's going to continue to miss more games. He's not Zero chance. Yet. I'll tell you right now he'll be an all-star. Easy. I I like some of these other guys just over Paul George at this point if he's going to continue to miss games. I mean, by the end of this thing, he could have missed 15 games. That, to me, is enough to – when you've pay, played 20 games – uh, I I just don't think so. Uh, I think I think he's gonna maybe be. that's a cop out so that I can include this last guy on my list. But that's that's my reasoning for not having him on my list. Okay. So I do, I don't have him as a lock. So then you have. Is it, okay, so so give me. 
Give me your whole list because I, I think it's just the better way to do it because we know – I think we're going to agree on mostly everybody. So I already have the eight guys I said. Um, mm-hmm. And so I have four spots left. And I yeah. think two of those spots probably go to Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. But yeah, I think I there been. is a I think there's an argument that Mike Conley could be one of those players. I think you could make the argument. And then my last two He's, spots yeah. my last two spots go to Zion and Chris Paul. Okay. Yeah. So I have Zion on my list. I mean I think the hype train's there with Zion. We've we've known that since ever ESPN started just jerking him off um in his days at Duke. Yeah, I see Zion is incredibly efficient. He's shooting some 60% from the field, putting up 24 a game. The Pelicans aren't great, but the West is obviously loaded. Um, So we have very similar lists. The only switch is that I left Paul George off for a guy that is the best player on a playoff team, Noah. Hmm. That's DeMar DeRozan. Okay. DeMar DeRozan is having a career high in assists. He's the leading scorer. The Spurs are 16 and 11. 16 and 11 is honestly insane for this point in the career, for this point in the season, given where everything's at. 16 and 11 is half a game off of where the Milwaukee Bucks are. If I told you before the season started that 30 games in, the Milwaukee Bucks and the San Antonio Spurs would have just about the same record, I think you'd punch me in the face. I would. And DeMar DeRozan is the catalyst behind all of this. So in my mind, I would much rather give an all-star spot to a guy who's the best player on a playoff team. And at this point, it's not even a fringe playoff team. Like They're, they're well solidified in the playoff hunt. And he's their yeah. best player. I'd Dude. rather give it to him than Paul George, who's going to miss 15 games. That's going to be almost half of the games by the time the All-Star break hits. I, I just think that that is more deserving, and I'd rather reward that. I I honestly forgot to mention, I had the Spurs as another dark horse for Andre Drummond. I think he would fit their team right now so perfectly. Yeah, yeah, especially with LaMarcus like, really taking a step back in minutes. You know who's a guy I'm like pretty sad got injured this year that I think we definitely could have had a place on this conversation. Christian Wood. Yes, sir. I'm so sad he got yeah. hurt. I I think we'd be talking about him right now as one of these reserves. Okay, so then let me bog your mind. Christian Wood has missed the same amount of games as Paul George. Yeah, but Paul George has better stats. I mean, does he? I mean, he has better stats on a better team, so I'll give you that. Yeah. But, I mean, if you just, like, like put their stat lines together, like, I don't think it's that much better than Christian Wood's stat line. Paul George is averaging 24, 6, and 5 on 50, 40, 90 shooting splits. Okay, Christian Wood is averaging 22, 10, 1.5 steals, or 1.5 assists, one one steal, one and a half blocks on fifty five forty two seventy. The free throws is really the only thing that throws him off. I mean, that's still a very solid stat line. Obviously yeah. the playmaking isn't there, but we see the defense, the efficiency from three he's it's a guy that was taking four and a half threes a game, too. 
and just shooting 42% as the listed center. Man, I wish he didn't get hurt. Yeah, I put him on my snubs. Um, I put Devin Booker on a, a snub list. There's no way he deserves to make a a team, but he's he's got some stats on a very nice team. Um, I think that's all CP3, though. Porzingis is putting up some nice stats, but again, the Mavs aren't even in the playoff conversation. De'Aaron Fox is having a great season. I would love to to see him in an all-star game. He's a guy that I've loved since he came out of college, but there's just not really a place for him at the moment. Yeah. Uh, before we end the podcast, I just wanted to give a shout-out to Mike Conley. Um, he's on my snub list, but this season yeah. he's averaging 20 points, 4.5 rebounds, seven and 7.2 steals, 1.7 or 7.2 assists, 1.7 steals yeah. per 36 on Holy shit. 59 true shooting, 22% usage rate, 28.9 assist rate, and he's shooting 57% field goal, 51% on short mid-range shots, and 41% on threes. Um, 538 has a Raptor metric, which is basically a combination of individual numbers and then on and off numbers. And Mike Conley is second only to Joel Embiid this season. Wow. So he's actually been feasting this year, and I think it's gone under the radar, honestly. Yeah, I have him on a fantasy roster, no big deal. But, yeah, I I would love for Mike Conley to make a, a team, um, and I'd have no issues with that at all. So... I don't know. We're getting down to the wire. It's, it's really going to be interesting because I think there's a lot of guys who are deserving of an all-star nod this year and enough guys that I, I don't think they will all get one. Alrighty. Uh, that's going to be it for this episode of Ben Shatter. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We will see you guys again on Sunday. Peace. See you guys.